Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Nisha Zachary. Nisha ditched the engineering world to take on the adventures of life and motherhood. She is the founder of Permission to Leap, where she inspires dreamers to find the courage to believe in themselves and take leaps of faith that feed your soul. Nisha, welcome to the space. Hi, can you hear me, Hollis? I can. Hi. Hello, I'm excited. I am so happy to have you here. So why don't you tell people, I just gave people a little glimpse of who you are. Can you tell a little bit more about yourself before we dive in? Yeah, sure. So I started out um, in the engineering world. I grew up at the Army of Army Corps of Engineers. Um, that's where my mother worked when I was growing up. Um, and so it was a natural progression for me to just go into engineering. But I found once I was in there that it didn't feed my soul the way I wanted it to. And then when my daughter was born, um, my second child, I realized I really wanted to be home rather than have somebody else raise my kids. And I was like, okay, so how am I gonna do how am I gonna do this? And so I figured out a way to take my love of organization and helping people and tap it into a business. Um, so I started out as a virtual assistant and then moved into creating funnels and websites and all of that stuff. And I've since evolved from there, but it's allowed me to stay home and you know get one kid out of school early. Then I've got two more younger ones that um you know are in elementary now. So it's just been one big adventure after another. <laughs> love that word adventure right yes <laughs> well I really appreciate you bringing up this first point which is there's so many things that we're going to talk about but that um the parenting the creativity in parenting and actually before parenting just realizing what you wanted for yourself and taking the action and figuring out not always knowing exactly what the steps were going to be, but you knew intuitively, you were like, I can't do this. This is what I actually want. And then it's the figuring, how am I going to make this work? And you did it. 
Yes. And I think that is, I was talking to somebody yesterday and I told him, you know, it's like we prepare and we prepare for having children. And the truth is by the time we're done, we're prepared for the first three months. We've got diapers, we've got food, we've got, you know, time off work. And then after those three months, it's kind of like you're winging it for the next (laughs) 30 years. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so it just, it keeps going, but you're always winging it, even as you think, you know, I'm so prepared for this. And I'm like, no, you're never prepared for parent, for parenting. No. no. Did you ever read any of the books? I did. And, you know, at first it, it really screwed me up, honestly, because <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing this all wrong. My kids are going to be on somebody's sofa when they're early, you know, when they're older. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I realized, you know, we're all making it up as we go along anyway. So, you know, most of these people don't even have kids. <laughs> Isn't it funny? These people that are supposedly the experts because their name is there. And you're like, wait a minute. That's the first question. Do you have a kid? Right. That should be your first question. But now, like, no, your name is on a book. You're good. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so funny. You're just making me think like there's so many occasions where the kids will look at me for an answer and uh, they're like, well, what do you think? I'm like, I'm processing. I I never considered this question before. (laughs) So let me, let me just process this right now and I'll get back to you and I'll figure how long that's going to take. Sometimes it's like, you know, as moms um, and dads too, you have that immediate answer. They ask you this question and it's just kind of like, oh yeah, this. And you know, some other things take processing time. Right. And sometimes you just kind of hope they forget about it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like sitting here smiling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you didn't ask that. I don't remember that. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So this is going to be good. So we're going to start with the would you rather, and then we're going to dive in. So Nisha, would you rather watch nothing but Hallmark Christmas movies or nothing but horror movies? Christmas movies. Definitely. I love Hallmark. You do? Uh, Yes. I'm all in for a big cheese fest. (laughs) Every one of them is the same exact movie, or there's maybe three different movies you can watch, but they're all have different names and it's so much fun. It's true. You definitely know how it's going to go, right? Exactly. It's not like a surprise ending anytime. No, but you fall for it every single time, or at least I do. Like I can just get lost in it for days at a time. Yeah. It's. Not are you the happen. kind of person that can watch like the same movie a million times too? Yes. Every Christmas I watch yeah. like there's a certain few, like five usually that I watch every single Christmas. It's like, you know, this is horrible. Cheesy, cheesy, uh, cheesy, but I'm all in. Well, now I need well, to know, I need what, to are know they? what are they. Um, I, I love It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, um, oh, and then God. there are like the Princess series. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the Prince and I. And then they have a baby and then they, you know, whatever, whatever. So there's three years of that. And now I just watch all of them. Um, and then there's one where Vanessa Hudgens was in it. And I can't remember the name of it, but I go searching for it every year. Um, and then there's a couple where, you know, they have to go fix each other's life. There was one that was like Freaky Friday kind of thing last year. And that was actually pretty good. So I watched it again this year already. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. 
a woman like we're we're like soul sisters. I, I can watch the movies just over and over and over again. And there is um like Elf or Christmas Story is on. I'm like, that's like like we're Jewish. We watch Christmas Story like every Christmas on like the night Christmas Eve, because that's when it comes on. Or actually Christmas Day. It's like that's what we put on. Like, how dare you put it on like December 10th? <laughs> like that doesn't make sense. And Elf, Elf has been on. I'm like, I can't watch that yet. It's too early. You know what? It's like you count down with the 12 days of Christmas and it's, you know, you have your rotation of movies. But the Christmas story, it's funny you should mention that because that one's my husband's favorite. Uh And it comes first thing in the morning on Christmas Day and then it just repeats all day long. For 24 hours. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Christmas story for 24 hours. Yes. I never, like, I managed to avoid it up until the last three years. And now it's just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Avoid it. Ah, oh, how dare you? Oh, we could just keep talking about movies. But we're going to dive into the, um, well, it is a creative conversation. So we always see where it goes. So, but Nietzsche, before we get started, I am going to say, do you have headphones in by chance? No. Because I think maybe do you have some nearby? Because I'm hearing my echo at points. Yep, just a second. So if you happen to have, and I want to welcome the um, anybody who's here with us live. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat where we can see them so you can participate in the conversation. Is that better? I think so, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds better. Okay, cool. Thank you. Okay, so diving in with official question number one is, how do you define creativity? Oh, I love this question. So for me, creativity is bringing order out of chaos. It's like taking all the little pieces, whether it's Legos or um, crayons, and just making something that's either functional or it just makes you happy. That's... Mm love that i'm processing bringing order out of chaos make something functional and what what did you say after functional either that or just something that makes you happy because a lot of the stuff we build in legos isn't really functional Mm -hmm. but it serves its purpose and everybody's happy once it's built oh my gosh i have to say legos are uh, Legos have such a beautiful effect. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever read um, All That I Ever Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Yes. Do you remember, it was like forever ago that I read this, but there was a chapter on solving world peace, which would basically be getting a 64-pack of Crayola crayons and dropping them with little parachutes. And. Yeah. With the sharpener, like they need to have the sharpener. So the solution would be that by dropping these, people would just smile because so many colors, not every color under the sun, so many colors in these boxes with the option to to sharpen and apply however you want, mm-hmm. it brings just a smile. And that would be like Legos. When I was working in the classroom as an art teacher, we would have Choice Friday. And for a while, as long as the kids could handle it, there would be a Lego table 
and the building and the imagination and the collaboration that went on in that space blew my mind every time. Yeah. That is, um, I think Legos are probably my favorite thing even now from childhood. My kids have a big like 15 gallon tub full of Legos and you know, that it has to be done before anything else at the end of the day. That's how they come home and decompress is with Legos. So that's, that's a must have in our house. I love that. And what I actually, it's funny that you mentioned Legos because um, I observe student teachers uh, at Temple and um, guide them along um, in the art room. And one thing that one of the student teachers did recently, which I loved, was she introduced Legos uh, into the classroom for her high school students. So they were working with it in order to get this end product pro of um, working with light and value. Um, of color. And I just was like, you know what? I, that is so amazing that you're bringing Legos to older kids because there's this idea of it gets pigeonholed of doing it when they're younger and we should do it as adults too. Like these things are not limited to just kids. Exactly. And you know, my oldest son, um, he's started. So a lot of the ones that the younger kids play with now are actually his from when he was their age. But he, he would buy these kits. So he had an entire Lego, Lego city and he kept building on this thing until he graduated high school. And it was his way of coming home and just like saying, you know what, this is like the one thing in my life that I can control. So I'm going to put together these things and make this city that like looks the way I want it to look. Mm. So he, he wasn't, wasn't he wasn't following like a, um, an instruction manual. Well, some of them he did have the instruction manual and then he would put them in the city or in um, in these streets that he built on from his own imagination. So like there could be a gas tanker, but it's, you know, in this Martian kind of world as opposed to being, you know, next to the police station where the box shows it. I love it. And you know what? This is such a great point to point out. So everybody, you don't have to be one way or the other. You don't have to be, I don't follow directions. All I do is follow directions. There can be a balance. So you can have something as a guide because if you need the structure and if you need the starting point, then that's where you start. And then you build out on your own and then come back to it. Like there aren't any rules on that. I think we beat ourselves up so much on if we're following the rules or we get labeled, well, you're not a rule follower at all. You're just this free spirit that does whatever you want. Exactly. And the truth is like, you can follow the rules and like you said, still be a free spirit. Cause you know, there are certain things like I'm an engineer at heart. So it's like, yeah, there are certain rules and systems that just play out in life because that's just what it is. But at the same time, it's like, I want to be able to create because and I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is like they see engineers as very analytical, but the truth is they're creating something out of nothing on a daily basis. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. So yeah. Why don't we start there? Like, um, yeah. Tell us more about the engineering aspect. Cause I always think that's important to highlight to give people confirmation and affirmation of their abilities. And um, yeah, kind of take us from there to, a little bit deeper dive on how you build up to where you are. Well, when I was in school, I was really good at math, 
not so much at science, which really <laughs> kind of throws people off when I tell them I'm an engineer, but the math side of things has always been fun for me. But on the flip side of that, I was also really into art and English. Like I almost dropped out of a couple of the higher level math programs so I could take more English, but my mother wasn't having that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but at the same time, um, you know, I'm doing all of these things and I realized that you know, I think it was 11th grade physics class. We took a trip to Bush Gardens and we had to, as we were on these, um, on the roller coasters, we had to do certain formulas and see like what the angles of the stuff was, where um, the different roller coasters were. And before right. that, I was not going on a roller coaster. Like I was trying to copy somebody else's paper. Like this is not for me. I don't do roller coasters. But after that, um, being able to put the numbers with the free fall it shifted something in my mind to say, okay, you know what? There is science behind, you know, the fact that you feel like you're going to drop out of your seat and there is chaos all around you, but there's a magic and a beauty and an order in it, even in the midst of all of these things. And so from that point on, it was like looking for that, that, linear thought process in the midst of everything so like if you look at a pine cone you know you see how it trickles down and from the top it looks like a circle but if you look at it from the side it looks like a christmas tree but there's a certain number pattern that goes all the way down so it's just being able to, to see both sides of it it's just a lot of fun for me because it just it makes it i don't know it's it's like it makes it a lot less boring when you add a little magic to it <laughs> oh my god this is just so amazing. But the magic that you're saying is this, is this, there's this linear quality, but then there's this chaos. I love how you're talking about the roller coaster and how they had you kinesthetically feel it. Yes. Like you had to actually experience, it was a kinesthetic experience, not something that you were just randomly figuring out. Um, and saying, okay, if A equals B plus C and da, 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 but you actually physically were in this situation. God, how could you even concentrate while being scared shitless? Like, how could you? It took a t couple of times of going on it. Cause I know the first time, like my protractor was like, I don't know, oh I made it through that first one because I was sure it was going to break. But, you know, afterwards, after a couple of times when I really understood, okay, I'm okay. This is Okay now like really open your eyes and see what's happening as opposed to closing your eyes and just praying for <laughs> praying for your life to still be intact at the end. It, it just makes you see things very differently. That is a very profound statement that you just said. I am okay. This is okay. Now open your eyes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's I so freaking powerful. But it's so easy. It's the same thing like with holding your breath. This is something that I've learned through through years of yoga. Um, like when I started yoga, I think I was 19 and, you know, the world was my oyster. I had it all laid out. I was invincible. We got this. Then I had kids and, <laughs> you know, it's like everything is jarring and it's like you want to keep them safe and you've got to do this and you've got to do this and then you get the job and you know all these things and I found that even in my yoga practice I was closing my eyes and holding my breath 
And it's very hard to stand in like certain balance poses when your eyes are closed. And it's very, very hard to get smooth um, asanas when you're, (laughs) when you're holding your breath. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, remember to breathe, remember to breathe. And it's, it's like that even the breath is a chaotic thing because you don't really control it. Like the inhale part of it, you control Mm -hmm. the exhale. So it's like you got to remember to balance all of these different things, but you don't really control any of it. God, so that word control. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that word control at all? Or is that just kind of like, yeah, that's okay. Oh, no. I love talking about control because I am a control freak like nobody's business. So, like, <laughs> I will organize things down to the very last, you know, pinpoint, decimal point, whatever. Um, because I like to know what's coming at me and then life happens and all of my hard work goes up in smoke because it never happens the way that I plan or it rarely happens the way that I plan. Oftentimes it's so much better than what I plan. Um, and then oftentimes it's just like, so, so different that I don't know if it's good or bad (laughs) until Mm -hmm. it shakes out a couple weeks later. Um, but what I have found is that when you're not trying to control so much, you enjoy the experience a lot more mm-hmm. as opposed to like, if you're controlling everything, you're often holding on so tight that the experience is kind of like lackluster, if that's a good way to say it. Oh my gosh. It's an amazing way to say it. You just made me think of, I kind of realized this pattern. So when we go down the shore um, uh, for a week like the end of August is like a family, um, a family thing. We go with my mom and brother and then my husband, the kids and I, and as we were packing, apparently I was being a control freak and the kids would say to me, you make this so miserable. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, just trying to organize everybody. And they're like, ah, you're just annoying. (laughs) Like you're just (laughs) controlling the situation. And I kind of realized I'm like, oh, wow, God, I am being annoying. So it's, I really appreciate you saying that because it's true. And I think it's something that everybody can relate to and have people think about. So listeners think about this. Like, when are you, are you a control freak? Are you trying to control situations? Are you holding on so tight? Are you not breathing? Are you closing your eyes? Uh, Because it has such it has an effect on everything. Yeah, it does. So much work. And the thing is, like, when you're holding your breath, um, you're not allowing the oxygen to flow, which shuts down your brain. So it cuts off your creativity. When you close your eyes, that also shuts off your creativity because you can't see the beauty of what's around you. All you have is what's in your head to focus on. And you can distort anything and everything that's in your head. So it's like you're missing out on life when you close your eyes and stop breathing. I mean, like, (laughs) and I think as you're, but I kind of want to add to that. Like, I agree with what you're saying, but I think at times when you do close your eyes with intention, then you're opening yourself up to the awareness of the smells and the sounds and, and the tactile part. Like you can open yourself up that way and become more aware. Mm Mm-hmm. And become more connected. But again, it's with the intention, not with the closing your eyes and being like, I'm scared, I'm scared, or, you know, living in, in, in that kind of a space. 
Exactly. And for me with those roller coasters, it was definitely a fear-based closing of the eyes. How you even got on that in the first place. I went on the little kitty roller coaster at like, what, what is it? Um, one of the Walt Disney, the one in California. And I am such a wuss. I was like, get me off of here. <laughs> Um, I think it's because I was in high school and I was with a bunch of my friends and, you know, peer pressure is like, (laughs) it's real. Yeah. Or the best thing for you that day. I felt like it was the worst thing, but it turned out to be one of the greatest things. Like now I love zip lining, parasailing, like all things I would have never done had I not taken a chance and gone on that first set of roller coasters. Wow. So zip lining. Yes. You You like it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There is nothing like being at the top of the trees and just knowing that this string is what's holding me. So it's like part physics, but it's also like this total trust in God, the universe, however you choose to, um, however you choose to name it. But for me, it's a total trust in God that you are going to take me across your creation and let me see your glory and your beauty and just refresh me in this moment. Oh my God, there are so many beautiful words that you just said in there. <laughs> Take me across yeah. your creation. Refresh me. Yeah. Because your eyes are open. Exactly. I think ziplining, you know, of all of my adventures, ziplining is definitely my favorite. So both of my kids went to Costa Rica. My husband and I have never been there, but both of the kids have been there at separate times. And I guess there are things that I'm happy I never knew (laughs) because (laughs) they didn't tell me until after. Um, uh, Especially my son, because he went on, he did like a Superman zip line. He did like all of this, you know, really high. Um, My daughter did it a number of times, but then when she was going to go higher, you know how they gradate you to higher so they can Mm -hmm. start you off at a lower point and then move up. Um, apparently a storm was rolling in, so she didn't get to the higher one. And then she chose not to go back the next day. But, um, yeah, I'm just happy. I didn't know while they were thousands of miles away, but my mother says the same thing. Oh, the things I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) but they loved it. I mean, they, they said it was just incredibly, incredibly amazing. And even to the point of like, my son showed me a video of what that zip line, not of him doing it, but of what it looks like. And mm-hmm. it kind of starts off with walking out onto the platform that's clear. Right. So you're up at this really high height and you can see down and you haven't jumped yet. So it kind of like starts, it all starts there. Yeah. So, and the thing is, there's like utter peace up there. It's like, you don't have to worry about the hustle and bustle that's going down on the ground up at the top. It's just so peaceful. The air is different. Everything is different up there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ooh, kind of making me want to like do a zip line. How about you guys listening? Have you zip line? Do you want a zip line? It's kind of inspiring me. You should try it. (laughs) So yeah, you're making me think about it. It's, It's there. It's there. So before we go on to the second question, is there anything else that you want to cut touch on kind of like to your journey of, well, let's talk about more about, um, here we are about giving permission to take, the, take the leap, but about, um, permission to take the leap. Like what is your organization? What is it that you started? 
So I started out with a summit as I entered the online world. Like I was surrounded by these successful women and I'm wondering how did they, how did they do this? And um, in my Bible study that particular day, when I asked the question, um, I came to the part where Peter and Jesus walk on water. So Peter steps out of the boat and he starts walking on water and Jesus is walking towards him. And, um, the idea came to me that, you know, Peter gave himself permission to do the impossible or what was seemingly impossible. Um, and even though he started to sink because he got, you know, messed up by all the distractions around him, um, he was saved. He, he didn't die. It wasn't the end of the world, but he took a chance on himself, on life, on God, whatever. And in that moment, it was like, okay. And I remembered Maya Angelou said to me when I was, 18, she was like, young lady, you have a question and I know you're not going to ask it, but remember this, the question that you have is the one the world needs to answer to. And so wait, she, hold on. She said that to you in person. Yeah. So when I was at university of North Florida, when I was 18, she came to the school and there were a group of us that had submitted questions that we wanted to ask. And so I think there were probably about 15 or 20 of us in the room. And, you know, so each one of us had our question and I sitting in that room, I was totally petrified, terrified. I was like, I didn't want to ask the question because I didn't want to feel stupid. I didn't want to, you know, come off as not being worthy of being in the room. And so when she said that to me, it's like, okay, you know, stop looking at me, stop talking to me and go on to the next person, please. But 20 years later, her voice came back to me and it's like, okay, I want to know how you give yourself permission. And that thought came to me, you know, this is a question the world needs to answer to. So let me go ask other people how they did it and share it. And that's how I got to the summit. Um, so after the summit, like I did a couple of magazines um, with having other bloggers share their stories. And then I would share it out to the world. It wasn't so much me telling how I, you know, do my adventures or whatever, but it was like a bunch of different people sharing their stories to inspire other people to create their own story. Mm-hmm. So that's what Permission to Leap is. It's all about sharing your story. And other it's so, so freaking powerful. And do you have a podcast as well? Yes, the Zigzag Leap, which is the audio and video version of people sharing their stories. And we've talked to, or I've talked to people who have, you know, left corporate America, people who have left the country, people who have survived childhood traumas, divorce, death, like all different kinds of things that people have experienced. And then the changes and shifts that came, you know, before, during, and after those periods. It's so important what you're doing. And I love that. I love that title, The Zigzag Leap, because it's never a straight line, right? Exactly. <laughs> we, don't, we don't just go from A to Z. We have to go from A like, oh, diagonal. <laughs> oh, maybe there's a wiggle in there. Oh, maybe there's a spiral going on. <laughs> and then we, yeah, it's never, it's never a straight line. That would be too easy and not quite as fun. <laughs> exactly. There's the beauty in it. There's totally the beauty. So we talked about some of the things. We go into our second question. So, um, how you incorporate more creativity into your own life. So you talked about um, some of these adventures that you do. Uh, what else do you do for more creativity? 
I like to paint and quilt. Those are my things that I do when I'm hiding out from everybody else because those are solitary activities. Like nobody else can help me, you know, with my paintbrush. Nobody else can get on my sewing machine the same time as I, I do. So those are my hiding activities where I come down to the basement and I can kind of do something. Um, but I really like to bake with my kids. That's one of my favorite things. It's we have come up with some absolute disasters that's like, you know, this is not even edible, but we had so much fun doing it in the, you know, that we end up just painting stuff sometimes. And it's like, okay, this is the only thing left to do with this thing that we have cooked. So wait, so you come up with your own recipes? They do. <laughs> I love it. That's so fun. You know, at first, it's one of those things, like, the control freak in me was like, no, we have a recipe to follow, we're going to follow the recipe, and then I turn around, and then I turn back to the table, and something has found its way in there that wasn't on the recipe card. <laughs> in the beginning, it kind of frustrated me, just because I am that control freak, but as I allowed things to just kind of take root, take shape, and just let them happen... Everybody enjoyed the process so much more. And it wasn't like, my kids don't eat a whole lot of sweets anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's more an art project than a cooking project. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is it always like a desserty kind of thing? Or do you do appetizers or main dishes? Um, sometimes we do main dishes. Like this year for Thanksgiving, they did start to help cook. And for that, they did have to follow the recipe because otherwise they were going to mess up somebody's um, favorite dish for Thanksgiving. Um, so we do stuff like that now. But most of the time, it's just like desserty things or um, something where like we're trying to make cookies. Gingerbread cookies are never gingerbread cookies. That much I can tell you for sure. Um, biscuits <laughs> are very rarely biscuits. Biscuits usually turn into salt dough with way too much oil in them. There's no oil supposed to be in salt, though, but. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, tell me about the gingerbread. What does the gingerbread turn into? The gingerbread is usually, it's kind of like the consistency of sweet potato pie before, um, before it's put in the oven. It's just, it's usually very soupy. So we're going to try it again today. They have a half day today. So we're going to try it again today and hopefully we'll be able to get like real cookies that can go with these gingerbread houses that we made. The thing about the gingerbread houses though, they came out of kits, not <laughs> make from scratch. I was just, you just read my mind. That was my next question of if you guys have created your own gingerbread houses. Yeah, we do that every year. I've done it every year since my oldest was um, two, I think. So probably about 18 years now we've been doing them every year. And oh my gosh, I do you have suggestions on like some, well, you get it from a kit or do you buy or but, do you make it? But, but, but I would say if you don't plan to eat it, think of a different option for like getting the, um, the walls and stuff to stick to each other because what they put in the kits does not do nearly what you need it to do in order to keep your house standing. Okay. Um, so I usually grab an extra because I know my kids are going to go back and start nibbling on it within a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, I use, what is it? Like Pillsbury icing. So we stir it up and we use that as like the caulking. 
Okay. Okay. In all the corners and stuff like that. Um, of course, you can always get stuff like Mod Podge or whatever if you're going to um, not eat it. Right. right. <laughs> Let's highlight not eat it. <laughs> Don't eat Mod Podge. Not good. <laughs> but the, the thicker icing is definitely very helpful. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Thank you for those tips because it's funny. I mentioned um, we haven't done it as a family. And I was like, you know, why don't we try? I saw like a graham cracker house. Oh, yes. And I was like, that would be fun. And then we can decorate it with whatever. And my 18 year old, she's like, I'm not doing it. It sounds dumb. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it could be it could be really fun and we get to design on our own. So I don't know. I'll see if my mom, my mom is in and I think everybody else is in. But I'll see if I can convince her. Yeah, I mean, tell her it's not it's not as bad as I think it is. My twenty year old led the charge this year, so I mean, once you get into it, you can take it anywhere you want to go. I love it. I love it. Okay, so we got we got baking, we got painting and quilting. We have um, so as far as physical things, you do yoga. Yeah. Um, I like hiking. My best friend lives out at a campground and um, we go hiking through the woods there. We go to the state parks with the kids. I like to be outside, period. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to try new adventures. So like the trapeze school up in D.C. just reopened um, or it reopened over the summer. I think it's closed now for the winter. Um, but in the spring, it will actually be fully open. So I plan to go to the trapeze school <laughs> for at least a couple of lessons and see if I can, you know, do the little flip thing. Probably. Oh my that's gosh, look at you. That is, wow. That's amazing. I just, I'd like to be able to um, get myself outside of the box. That's the reason I went zip lining the first time was because like I had some big moves I wanted to make and I was trying to contemplate decisions and I got myself stuck in a rut and it's like, okay, how do I get myself out of this? I'm going to go do something I've never done before. And I chose zip lining that year. So it's like, I know a big switch is coming up. So maybe the trapeze school will help me like stop fearing making decisions. My gosh, I have somebody, if you have any questions and that's such great thinking, like to do something that scares you in order to get you to that next spot. Um, I know somebody who did trapeze. She's an adult now, but she started when she was four. Really? Yeah. So I can put you in contact with somebody if you want. Yes, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, we live in, you know, Oregon. And what do you do? You go to trapeze school. <laughs> like, wow, at four years old. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. I just happened to pass by it one day. Like, what? <laughs> But I mean, you're truly, you're truly inspiring me. It's just this idea of, and I think it's so important for people to hear and reinforce that when we get stuck in a rut, because we all get stuck in a rut, whether it's emotional, um, it's like physical, we just, it's that routine. It's that, you know, it's why I left my teaching job. And I was like, this whole adulting thing, we get stuck in this adulting thing of responsibility and well, I'm an adult. I can't do that. That's childish or I don't have the time and blah, blah, blah. All these things we tell ourselves when we know that if we actually take the time to do these things that inspire us, that light us up, that we enjoy, then we're more connected to who we are. We go inside and we realize like, oh, I actually am good at things or this really makes me happy. It makes me feel excited. It makes me feel connected again to me and then to others when you're happy then you're nicer to others. It just, it just works that way. 
makes for a peaceful life at home. <laughs> it does. Because if you're constantly cranky, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what made me leave my job. You know, my daughter, my, at the time she was like 15 and she said, who are you mad at? Are you mad at me? Or are you mad at your job? Like, what are you so mad at? And I was like, oh my God, I am bringing, I'm not showing up. Wow. Yeah. And I think like when you take cues from the kids, um, that's the other thing they like to do is like get down on their level. But when you take cues from the kids, they'll tell you what they need and they have no problem at all telling you when you're screwing up. Like, nope, sorry, you missed the mark on that one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the way they do it is like, it's so innocent that it does make you pause. And it's like, okay, I screwed up. How do I fix it? Or how do I learn from it? Even if you can't fix it, you don't have to fix everything. That's the other thing. You don't have to fix stuff. That's, yes. <laughs> yes, that's, thank you for that. You don't have to fix everything. And that word pause that you just said, that's a, that's a very strong word. Yeah, it is. And, you know, my kids asked me the other day, um, they wanted to, they wanted to play doctor. And I was just like, Oh gosh, I'm so tired. And they were like, no, you just lay on the sofa. And we're going to you know, take you into surgery. And I'm just like, okay, I already don't like where this is going. Why do I need surgery? We haven't even had a doctor's appointment yet. <laughs> but their imagination just like took off. And so I'm laying there and I'm half asleep. And it's like somebody says scalpel. And I'm just like, wait a minute, hold it. What? <laughs> and my daughter was like, don't worry. We just have to take your back off. We're able to save your leg, but we got to take your back. And I'm like, wait a minute. I can't walk around without my back. She's like, you'll be okay. You'll make it. <laughs> what in the world is happening? But it just like takes you totally out of the normal. All the logical things have to be in place before anything makes sense. And sometimes you just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. And then, so tell me the ending of that. So your surgery was over and then what happened? Apparently in the middle of my surgery, I had a baby, a baby monkey. And yeah, then it was okay for me to go home. So, <laughs> it was, it was wild. Like I had um, x-rays that were hanging up from the cabinets. Like you can see where they have to chop my back off on one x-ray. And then on the other one, there's like a little, um, you can see the silhouette of a stomach that's kind of rounded. And there's a little, I don't know. I guess it was a monkey with like the ears and then the tail, you know, whatever, but it's inside my stomach. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Can we not show this to anybody? So but wait, so, yeah. So were they drawing these? They were drawing the x-rays. Yeah. They draw their own x-rays <laughs> and they just tape them up to the cabinet. You know how they do um, like in the movies and stuff when you're, or the TV shows, when you're watching, they have the light boxes up there. Well, we have these cabinets above a desk, like right next to the sofa. Um, and they use that area for, for their light box. But do you realize like what you're allowing the kids to do? God, you're saying so many interesting things because it's this idea of us adults. We get, we get, we're tired. We're tired at times. So it's all that. Then here, your daughter said, just, just close your eyes, like relax. Right. Like basically we'll take care of it. And then their imagination, you allowed them to go on this like story. They were just creating a story and just having, you know, having fun. And, exactly. but they're thinking through all of these, they're taking from this reality of things that they see, like the, um, the x-rays and, 
and putting them up on like a light box. Like, God, there is so much higher level thinking in there. It's just amazing. And it's fun to watch because it's, you get to see a different interpretation of like from your adult perspective, you know how the world works, quote unquote. Um, but when you see it through their eyes, like the fact that you are in the middle of surgery and now a baby comes out, it's like it all happens at the hospital. And, you know, with all the stuff that's been going on in our family, you know, there's been a lot of hospital ins and outs. But for them to be able to take one situation and then transform it into something else, it's been it's been very interesting. I love watching them play. Mm-hmm. But kudos to you for really letting them play. I think you have to. I, I think like the way that we all grew up or the people that I hung around, the way that my friends and I grew up, everything was very restricted. I grew up um, a Navy brat. And everything had to be just so. And the school that I went to was a very rigorous academic program. So there wasn't a lot of time for outside life um, that wasn't going to help your college transcript. And I was determined that I wasn't going to do that. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You know, the summers were my favorite part. I loved school, but I enjoyed the summers more because I could just be. And I want my kids to be able to be as opposed to do all the things. Mm. Whew. So wonderful. Okay. So we're getting to the top of the top of the hour here. So we're going to wrap it up with the third question that puts a nice little bow on it, which is why do you think creativity is important? I think it's important because it takes you outside of what is and allows you to imagine like different possibilities. Like what is right now could be a total crap show, but you can imagine a world that's totally different. You can imagine um, a day that's totally different, even if it's just a moment that's totally different and what it looks like and smells like and tastes like and all the things. If you can take yourself out of the present moment to bring yourself back into the present moment feeling differently. That's why I think creativity is important. Oh, so there we go, everybody. There's a challenge. (laughs) Imagine, take yourself out of the moment and smell, taste, touch, like use your senses. Yeah. And then bring yourself back and see how different you feel. You know, when I was, um, when my husband and I were, I think, married for like five years, we went to Myrtle Beach for our um, for our anniversary trip, and we were sitting on the beach, and I remember very clearly sitting um, in the hotel up on the balcony, and I can hear the waves cr- crashing up against the, you know, up against the shore, and I can hear um, the seagulls, and I can smell the salt water. And I can feel the wind, like all of those things. When I'm having a really rough day, that's the moment that I go back to. Mm-hmm. It's like, that is everything peaceful for me. And then it's like, okay, that's a hard reset. In that moment, everything was good. Everything was peaceful. Everything was calm. Now we like proceed with whatever it is that we need to take care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's so important what you're saying. Yes, we hold on to these moments and it's not the beauty of it. Like these, these moments can be like fleeting, 
but yet they're in our memory forever. Exactly. With the senses, like our senses, when we actually acknowledge them and don't brush them off as, well, that's not very important or so what, what big deal. I mean, when you smell that smell like the ocean, yes. I mean, that's immediately, you made me think like when the beach has been like my place, it's where we went always and it's my happy place. So as soon as we drive across the causeway to get to Long Beach Island, New Jersey, or Cape May or wherever we're going, and the smell and then get to the beach and it's like, take the shoes off. I don't care if it's December, like when we visit the beach, like shoes come off, touch the sand, very tactile experience. It is, but it, it transports you back. And that's the thing about, you know, your memories and your senses, they don't have a timestamp on them. So whether it was five years ago or if it's going to be five minutes from now, your mind doesn't know the difference. Hmm. <sighs> can you let people know how they can find you, please? Yes, definitely. So um, I am on Facebook and Instagram at Zigzag Leap. And you can also go to the website, which is permissiontoleap.com. And, you know, our stuff is on um, the podcast is on Spotify and also on Google podcasts. And yeah, that's how you can find me. Oh my gosh. It has been so great talking to you. Thank you so much for hanging out and chatting. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So before, before we go, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom or anything that you want to share? The only thing that I would say is, you know, don't try to live up to other people's expectations. Just give yourself permission to create the life you want. There we go. Perfect way to leave this. So again, thank you, Nisha. Thank you to those joining us live, those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiring each other connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow, share so we can uplift each other. I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So you can find this podcast on all of the sites where there are podcasts. So please like, give a review, all that stuff that it does for the analytics. It's much appreciated. So more can hear. And if anybody feels a a need to share, they've been wanting to be part of a story, my multi-author book for my publishing house, Express Yourself Publishing, is now filling for Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. So if you'd like to hear about it, I would love to chat with you. Just reach out and we can talk. So I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world, and look forward to chatting soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com, IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com, and check out the experiential kits, check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour 
to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.